0: Hi, and welcome to Sustainability Bites, the podcast supported by Schuttelein Partners. Every two weeks, we share with you short sound bites on sustainability, food, agriculture, and health. I am Margot Plurien, and I will be your host for today. I am very excited to welcome to this podcast a friend of mine, Marius Roder, to discuss the upcoming legislation on green claims. Thanks for joining, Marius. Can you please introduce yourself in a few words?
1: Hi, hey, Margot. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. My name is Marius and I'm a sustainability consultant at courses, a German sustainability consultancy based in Hamburg. We're a relatively small group of people. Um, I think we're 11 people now and we're, we're very much value driven. And one of our main areas of expertise is food systems. Mm-hmm. For my background, I did a sustainability studies course in Bochum University. With a strong focus on applied sustainability. That's how I got in touch with uh, Lifecycle Assessment, LCA in short, the leading and pretty much standardized method for calculating product's environmental footprint, as well as other common tools for modeling environmental impacts. And uh, at my work, since our focus is food systems, I've been working on those environmental impacts in a variety of contexts. Front-of-package labeling, being one of them, but we're also working on other projects. For example, right now we're developing a user-friendly open source online tool to calculate food's environmental impacts, but it's not necessarily the WWF who we're working with. They're going to uh, develop a tool, like a front-end facing tool. Uh, It's going to be a website, as far as we can tell by now. But uh, anyone could use the the tool that we are building, the back end part of it, and uh, employ it for whatever they want. for example, if it was a canteen, they could calculate the environmental footprint of their dishes, et etc. And what's really special about it is that it's aiming to be relevant in any geographical context, so that it could be used in Latin America, all the same as in Asia, Africa, or Europe.
0: Yes. So we can definitely see why we're a friend because anybody that knows this podcast or knows me knows my personal obsession with the eco score and the environmental impact of our food system. So very exciting to hear what you are working on, but. Today, we are wanting to talk about green claims, and it's great to have you, especially because we can address two perspectives or policy levels, the German national level and the European level. So the reason why you are here today is to discuss the upcoming European legislation on green claims. A few weeks ago, on 22 March 2023, the European Commission published a proposal to set common criteria for the communication of green claims. According to the OECD, environmental claims or green claims are a made by firms about the environmentally beneficial quality or characteristic of their goods and services. This can be the manner in which uh, they refer to product that are produced, packaged, distributed, use or consumed. Think about this kind of disclaimer that we can find, for example, on some candies that says that they are climate neutral or environmentally friendly. So. My question to you would be, can you tell us what this legislation aims at? What do you know about it?
1: So one central motivation for the legislation is the the current market situation. And uh, you already mentioned this, and I'm sure most listeners will already have come across it as well uh, in the grocery store or elsewhere, that uh, we find all those claims carbon neutral made from recycled resources, or in some other way, more eco-friendly than the competition. And and those claims are all over the place. I think the commission has found that there are more than 200 different green claims. And at the same time, the commission has also found uh, with studies that they conducted that uh, around 50% of those claims actually are rather vague uh, and misleading and that 40% have no evidence whatsoever provided that would support their uh, their claim. And um, at the German level, in the context of a current uh, labeling project we're involved in, there's uh, some research suggesting that the German organic label, which is, it is of course, based on the European organic label, but it was introduced in the early 2000s, had a very uh, distinctive logo, and there was a huge marketing campaign uh, to tell consumers all about it uh and it, it it has all the strong legal backing uh, all the requirements all the validation schemes that go with the eu organic label and and this research found that um those green claims some logo about being climate neutral that they can outweigh um this very legitimate organic label in terms of consumer perspective. so consumers when they see those green claims they are actually more important Than the the organic label um, influencing their purchasing behavior. And and this just goes to show how damaging those unfounded or oftentimes unfounded claims can be for consumer information. And this, of course, undermines efforts that companies, organizations undertake uh, when they spend uh, a lot of resources to, uh, for example, produce organic products. And this is just one example of how those claims can be really harmful. That is really the uh, main objective of the legislation, to provide consumers with substantial, accurate, up-to-date and interpretable information at the point of sale, ultimately um, giving us a fairer, more sustainable market environment. I guess that's probably something that we can all sign up to.
0: Yes, of course. And I'm also thinking... So many times in sustainability discussion, there is a lot of burden put on the consumer. We want people to make the right decision, but if this decision is not informed correctly, then how do you want uh, the invisible hand to actually function, right? So that's really about this, about having better information uh, so the consumer can make the choice that they really want to do, which we hope to be an environmentally friendly choice.
1: Yes, um I think it's it's right that uh, like that it's all about um transparency and um information and this environmental labeling of course is no silver bullet that can fix everything but uh it certainly can help to to make uh make for a more transparent market and and this legislation ensuring that the labeling is actually founded um on on sound evidence um is really helpful in that regard. And um quite frankly looking at Germany uh, I find that and not, not only me we find that uh, Germany is a little bit of a laggard regarding environmental labeling and I guess that's because people um, are afraid that they won't get everything right uh, there are a lot of challenging tasks for for several reasons uh, one of them being the yeah contradicting interests uh, in the food market and there's a lot of questions regarding um, normative decisions that have to be made. And, and so it's a, a wicked problem in a sense to come up with a functioning labeling system. Um, however, if you, if you have a look at France, the attitude seems to be more can-do. And this is also showcased by this long-standing process that yielded avey the the French LCA database, uh, a database that covers virtually all relevant food products in France. And Germany simply doesn't have anything comparable yet. Um, and now we're noticing that German institutions are, um, getting more and more involved, uh, regarding this, this topic, this food environmental data. But, uh, yeah, it's only starting. And LCA, that's the, the life cycle assessment I was referring to earlier. That's the method of choice for substantial green claims. And, it's the basis for Agribal-E, so this is LCA data. And a lot of institutions now, uh, as well as companies, really need to catch up on making, collecting this data and making it available. And in the end, that's the, the basis for uh, high-quality um, data sets and um, also a prerequisite for successful product footprint calculation, especially when you try to understand those complex uh, supply chains and when you make comparisons uh, when you want to make comparisons between products
0: no completely and uh, as you mentioned it's like we need to start from the very beginning we need to have the data because we don't always have it and you mentioned agribalize and rounding by rounding uh, again back to ecoscore which is for example using the Agribalis, this is like a huge data set but that's only for france and even for france it has its own limit and it's going to be an ongoing process for the next years. No, I completely agree with you, uh, but I do also think that you are maybe being a bit modest because you are directly working on uh, developing such a methodology. You told me before about this EU project that you are working on, that aims at uh, creating this common methodology for an eco score, environmental score. Uh, would you mind telling us a bit, in a few words, what this is about?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so the project is part of the live 2022 framework and it's called Eco Food Choice and it hasn't started yet. We're going to start it, uh, around the end of 2023, early 2024. And, uh, we actually have, uh, an exciting range of partners that there are nine partners from four countries, France, Germany, Netherlands and Spain. The whole thing is led by DEM, the French environmental A- uh, agency. And we're aiming to develop um, harmonized methodologies for collecting and sharing products lifecycle data, um, so-called lifecycle inventories, and also the uh, associated calculation methods for coming up with environmental scores. And this um, should aim uh, this should aid countries in establishing harmonized databases. The kind of database that we find with agribellease, this will serve as a role model. And those databases will then enable countries, European countries to exchange data uh, more easily. There will also be, um, to uh, no surprise, uh, a part where we uh, think about a harmonized label and how that should be designed, uh, including visuals and everything. And then there's also going to be uh, research uh, pilots in lab settings, supermarkets, canteens in all four countries. Uh, reaching more than 50,000 consumers and other stakeholders to uh, validate what we uh, come up with in the course of this project. And then we will disseminate the results to make sure that they reach a, a wide variety of stakeholders in the European context. And um, yeah, the aim obviously is for this to feed into the overarching European processes uh, and eventually contributing to the Green Deal objectives.
0: That sounds very exciting. Uh, I can't wait for you to start on this and especially to read some of the results. So we have very similar interests, but we do work in two different countries for two different uh, organizations. On my side at Switzerland Partners, we work with several food manufacturers and retailers we see an increased interest for environmental labels. There is, of course, the long-awaited proposal on nutritional front of pack labeling that we expect to get by this June, fingers crossed. But this has been the focus of heated debate and we can expect the same polarization on this topic. Uh, from your perspective, what would a good system look like?
1: Yeah, so I think if we stick with the Nutri-Score, one thing that it does well is the design part uh especially this five step traffic light design is very well suited as people intuitively understand it there's heaps and heaps of research showing um that it is uh, well understood and i think that's very important on the other hand there is something that's not so intuitive about the nutri score and that is that its grades are food category specific so um if you have a pizza you cannot really compare it with a yogurt or or you know, some vegetable because they are not in the same food category. And this is something that confuses customers uh, and that might lead to paradoxical decisions. Secondly, there's this unfortunate circumstance that whichever nutritional model you use or you create, there will inevitably be some free results uh, and you have to account for those. I mean, uh, the olive oil example, uh, I think is well known to to everyone who's ever um, dug into the NutriScore and they fixed it. Um, And and this is exactly what needs to happen. The model needs to be constantly improved, and it needs some iteration to arrive at plausible results. So we also need some patience and some experimenting to arrive at the the most ideal label possible. And um, this goes to say that there's definitely a need for effective information campaigns um, to familiarize consumers with new labels and their interpretation. Um, to to be able to recognize them and to really know uh, what it is that they tell you about and we also need to make sure in the in the context of education that there is actually uh, adequate knowledge about uh, nutritional qualities of foods and if there's no uh, adequate education a label on its own won't be able to fix everything and this uh, goes uh, as well for environmental impact so we need to Consider the label one part of a yeah a toolbox, um, of of instruments to arrive at um, yeah more sustainable consumption.
0: Yes, of course. Like to not see it as you say the solution for everything or like a plaster put on a badly fought uh, food system, quite literally. So, thank you so much for your answer, uh, Marius. So from your senior consultant uh, perspective, because you're quite experienced in this topic, how would you recommend to organizations or companies that want to get ready for this uh, upcoming uh, legislation? What would be the steps?
1: Um, well, I would say um, that the Green Claims proposal is really a, a wake-up call for companies. A wake-up call to ditch um, compensation quick fixes, uh, and ditch unfounded product claims, replacing this instead with a, a serious sustainability strategy and measures for their products and operations. And this is something that we see is a, a difficult process, um, and for a lot of organizations, um, the sustainability departments have to fight really hard uh, to get management behind their um, their ideas and and their measures. Um, but ultimately that's the stuff that you can stand behind wholeheartedly, also from a marketing perspective and long-term, it will give you the competitive advantage, uh, that you need to succeed. And I guess, uh, in the end, responsibility, authenticity, and actually doing the right thing will set those brands and their products apart. Um, so you want to get ahead of the wave.
0: Yeah, and be like a front runner. Don't be afraid of the big, bad European legislation, but actually do the work. Uh, thank you so much, Marius. Uh, that was a pleasure to share this podcast with you. Uh, for our listener, we talked today about EcoScore, NutriScore. As you know, we have episodes available on these topics. If you are interested in getting in touch with myself or Marius, I invite you to check the podcast notes uh, for contact details. Uh, we look forward to hearing hearing from you. And in the meantime, have a great day and see you soon.